I'm Rihanna Dillon, host of Pod Pod. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, we are interviewing Jack Davenport this week, who is the co-founder of Goalhanger Podcasts, the independent podcast company created only in 2022 with broadcaster Gary Lineker and creative director Tony Pastor. So Goalhanger is behind successful political, historical and sports podcasts such as The Rest is Politics, Empire, Legends of the Ashes, leading and so much more and it seemed really appropriate to grill Jack Davenport on how Goalhanger have notched up so many wins in the world of podcasting so quickly. We'll get to him in just a minute but joining me this week are regular contributors Reem Makari and Adam Shepard. Hello, how are you both doing? Hello. Hi. So I was just talking about the successes of Goalhanger and something new that they've got coming out is The Rest is Money, which is an economics podcast. Reem, this seems to be a very, very quickly growing area in podcasting. Tell us about it. It's very interesting because I think like two days before they made that announcement, Persephonica also announced a new economics podcast that's coming this year. So it's definitely a big growing trend. And I wouldn't be surprised if many more production companies start to come out with economics podcasts. But it makes a lot of sense. I don't think it's different than news and political podcasts. I think it's just an extension or evolution of news podcasts that's a bit more Mm -hmm. focused. Last year, there was, you know, we were going through a lot of political uncertainties and people didn't really know what was going on in the news. And they turned to political podcasts to get their information and to also get that kind of support. And then the economics news podcasts are going to be about how they deal with their current financial situations as an aftermath of last year because cost of living crisis inflation's up. Mm, yay. Second verse, same as the first. <laughs> I think these type of podcasts are really going to help people understand what's going on in the economic climate and how to handle their own finances as well. And just like make sense of what's going on. I think it's it's hard when you have, you know, 10 different news outlets giving different types of information. So the podcasts are all just like one place where you can go and see your trusted hosts and get a take on what they're saying to help you understand. Adam, I feel like when we talk about economics podcasts, I, for one, immediately want to fall asleep. It sounds like so unappealing. (laughs) I might have said that about political podcasts once upon a time, but I am very wrong Mm. about that. I really enjoy political podcasts now. So how do you think that these podcasts will entice the layman who would never usually be interested in this subject? It's an interesting one because I think it's important to draw a distinction between economics podcasts of, you know, the the type typified by The Rest is Money and the Persephonica one, which is currently untitled, and podcasts like the Martin Lewis podcast and, mm. you know, podcasts that are dealing with sort of financial advice mm. and sort of money management rather than the broader economic trends that are influencing that that space. And that's a harder sell that kind of big picture sort of macroeconomic trend thing, it is very easy for that to become kind of quite dry because it's dealing with inflation rates and market trends and, you know, bond indexes and (laughs) other fancy financial terms that I have (laughs) no idea actually what they mean. Um, But yeah, making that that relevant and digestible, more importantly, mm. to a sort of layperson audience 
is going to be tough. I think the choice of talent for these podcasts is going to be key. I think Robert Peston and Steph McGovern, who are hosting The Rest of Money, is going to be a really interesting pairing. And I'm not sure how Persephonica's effort with Ed Balls and George Osborne is going to reach that same level of accessibility. Mm-mm-mm. I cannot see that happening quite the same way. It's not quite the man of the people approach mm. that Goldhanger has got. Well, let's dive into all of that and more with Jack Davenport from Goldhanger Podcasts. Jack Davenport, welcome to PodPod. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on. So we were just saying in the introduction that Goldhanger despite feeling like it's been around forever, has actually only been around since 2022, which is is kind of mad in terms of the podcasting. But is it as cut and dried as that? Because obviously Goalhanger pre-existed before it was Goalhanger podcast. So tell us about Goalhanger's journey. Yeah, so Goalhanger Films uh, was a TV production company, still is a TV production company specialising in sport documentaries mostly. So working with people like Wayne Rooney, Anthony Joshua, um, Dan Kelly Holmes, you know, brilliant stuff over the last 10 years or so. That was set up in 2013 by my business partner, Tony Pasta and Gary Lineker. Tony used to run ITV Sport. And Mm. so that business was, you know, a traditional TV production business for the majority of his existence, working on commissions, working with big talent. And then they started dipping their toe into podcasting in 2018, podcast with Gary and Danny Baker, which did really well. I think podcasting commercially probably was a few steps behind where it is now, but numbers-wise it did well. I think the really interesting thing they did, and one of the reasons we're here today is Tony, my business partner now, is a massive history buff and mm-hmm. wanted to listen to a World War II-focused history podcast, couldn't really find one, and so set one up with James Holland and the comedian Al Murray. Mm-hmm. That podcast is We Have Ways of Making You Talk, still going 650-odd episodes in, just on the years 1939 to 1945. Wow. It's absolutely fantastic. If you haven't come across it, it's it's really worth listening because the guys are brilliant. Goalhanger just started experimenting with with that kind of thing. Parallel to this, I was I was working as a BBC producer. I was working radio, sport radio for Five Live. My job over the course of the sort of, I started, joined in 2011. And by the time I left in 2018, my job had gone from being a radio producer to, you know, focusing much more on podcasts. And I thought there was an opportunity to work commercially in the podcast world, move down to London, set up a production company and just sort of started trying to put things together. I came into contact with Goalhanger when I started that production company. We worked on a few projects together. I saw the success that they'd had with We Have Ways and I pitched them The Rest is History, what became The Rest is History, produced the first 50, 75 odd episodes myself, just kind of seeing what we could make of it, seeing what would come of it. And so The Rest is History launched December or November, December 2020. Mm-hmm. I think after about nine months or so, the following summer, it was obvious that the rest is history itself was was worth building a business round, but also doing podcasts in that way, chat format, high volume, always on. That was a really interesting model. So 
started the new business in January 2022. Mm-hmm. First new one we did in the new company was Arrested Politics, and then the world kind of went to <laughs> went up the spout for for <laughs> for six nine months. Maybe we're still in it now, and you know all the political chaos that that went on just strapped a rocket on it, and it's still you know still seems to be climbing now. With the rest is politics then, as you say, it was you were kind of slightly ahead of the curve. It was like that podcast hit just before we really needed all of this political coverage. So was that just pure coincidence and pure accident? Or was it like, actually, we feel like something is ramping up in the political <laughs> world and we need to make sure that we're across it when it does? Well, yeah, I mean, we didn't have any insight insight into what how it would all transpire with with uh, Boris Johnson and mm-hmm. uh, Liz Truss and all that sort of stuff. But I think... The sense was, and this is this is the similar to the way we approached uh, creating the rest is history was that there just felt like a space in the market for something, something chat formatted and something with the the sort of warmth of tone that that, that brings people back on a you know on, on a week to week basis. You know, we're by no means the only people to to have, have have done this kind of thing, but I think when you when you start from the relationship and you build out from there. I think that's the one thing we try and keep consistent across all our pods. I think being part of that relationship, whether it's Tom and Dominic on the rest of history, whether it's Alan James on We Have Ways, whether it's Anita and Willie on Empire, or obviously Alistair and Rory on, on the rest is politics, we think that's what keeps people coming back. Once you've got that framework, obviously, you know, we, we were in a position to, to take advantage of all the, the crazy news that was happening when there was just that massive demand for, for more and more. Mm. Uh, insight and analysis. So a nice mixture of good luck and uh, some, some some decent sort of fundamentals. The most recent podcast that you've announced is obviously The Rest is Money with Robert Peston. You seem to have a knack for sniffing out emerging trends within the world of podcasting. How do you approach your kind of content strategy? Because economics podcasting seems to be something that, you know, much like politics is picking up more and more traction every day? It's an interesting question. I mean, one of the things that we've done so far is we've tried to grow our network by moving sort of one step to the left or right of, of pods we have already. So we know we can take audience across. It wasn't a massive leap to politics from history. We thought that there would be a good chance that a good percentage of that audience would be interested and maybe give episode one a go. And similarly, I think that when we've been doing the rest of politics, so many of the stories we're covering are around economics or business. It felt like a, a natural one to move on to. I mean, to be really cold and commercial about it as well. We've also learned as we've we've gone along about where brands and sponsors are in the market and the kind of content that people want to get around. And we think that the business economic space is, is a good one for that. There's a couple of factors behind it. I mean, we're very fortunate to be able to work with some great talent and that has a bit of a snowball effect when you can show what we've created with people like Alistair and Rory and put it in front of you know people of the profile of Robert Peston and, and Steph McGovern. It, that's a really big competitive advantage for us and it's it's lovely to be able to, to get them together. They've got a brilliant relationship. I don't know how many people realise, but Steph was actually Robert's producer at the BBC mm. uh, during the 2008 financial crisis where... Did not know that. Um, yeah, to a, to, a, to a large extent, Robert made his name going from being like a, a financial journalist to kind of a person who was in your house every night on the news telling you what had happened with Northern Rock and that kind of stuff. Steph was the person, the other side of the glass, producing him. So they go back a long way. Steph is, brings a brilliant level of insight into it as well. So yeah, we're really excited about that one. 
So that's interesting in terms of the way that you pick your hosts then, because yes, Steph might not be somebody that we think of as an obvious choice. I mean, it's great to see another woman in Goalhanger podcasting, but actually, you know, I wasn't expecting Steph McGovern necessarily to be paired with Robert Pesson. So it's interesting to hear the backstory. But then you kind of see these couples popping up, you know, George Osborne and Ed Balls have been, you know, floated as having uh, a new economics podcast as well, hoping to emulate the success of the rest as politics, very obviously. Like you say, Anita and William um, have such a fun, interesting chemistry, kind of wildly different, but obviously so much respect for each other. Do you chemistry test these couples? Do you know in advance that they have relationships that work? It's absolutely the first thing we look for. Mm. And and the way we've approached it so far and, and the method that's worked for us is that we've approached, there's been one person that we've really wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have said to them, look, who do you really get on with? Who do you have good conversations about in this area? We haven't to this point tried to invent something out of thin air mm-hmm. because we, you know, it is just so fundamental to what our podcasts are. So for, for the rest of politics, it was Alistair. We had a we had a relationship with him. We wanted to put something together. We asked him for a list of Tories that he could bear to have a conversation with. <laughs> it wasn't very long. <laughs> <laughs> when we had Alistair on the podcast for our second episode. I think he said that he put it out to a Twitter poll and Dominic Cummings was one of the names that came back. Yeah. <laughs> which there's a parallel universe in which that podcast is top of the charts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the creation myth of, uh, of the rest is politics. I, I struggle to keep track of it. It seems to change <laughs> sort of week to week. But I mean, there, there definitely was a point where we were, where we were considering uh, Dominic Cummings. I think, I think even possibly if you, um, a few messages were exchanged, but it, ne- it never got further than, uh, than that point. Um, but I think once we saw what we had with with Rory, what in, in terms of the chemistry, in terms of just the symmetry of them both being political insiders, but also outsiders mm-hmm. in the sense that they've both been expelled from their party, they were much more free to be able to really give their opinion and not have to worry about the party line. That was one where one episode in, we were very excited about about how it was going to work. I mean, you know, the, the rest is history. It was we, we wanted to work with Tom Holland. Um, and I, I did. I wasn't aware of Dominic Sandbrook. Tom really backed him. Tom wanted us to meet him, and we have got so lucky there because he's just an absolutely unbelievable, you know, brilliant, warm, you know, broadcaster, podcaster. He's just an absolute find for us. And it, you know, that that was just because Tom loved him, got on with him brilliantly. And again, we look for that symmetry of Tom being able to cover the the ancient world, Dominic being able to, to focus a little bit more on, on on modern things, and that's worked really well for us so far. Are you going to be looking to expand the kind of representation at Goalhanger as well? It's very low on women. It's very low on people of colour. And I'm aware that, you know, and I'm sure you are, that at the top of the company, it's it's white men running it. So I was just wondering how you sort of tackle that then going forward. Yeah, absolutely fair point. It's something that we're, you know, we're aware of, we're, we're working to address. We, it's something that has happened... I suppose it's happened organically, but then, you know, the, the, the counterpoint of that is that you, when you're in the, when you're in your own bubble, you, you, you know, you, the people that you know and the people that you contact with are people like you. So we have to do a better job of breaking out of that. I think our next few pods are going to, are going to show that. So yeah, I think, I think that is a fair point. I mean, it's not just you, you know, we've been talking about it as well with us. We're, we're very aware of it in our own podcast as well. So it's just a kind of wider conversation around podcasting, I think. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's fair. 
obviously everyone, all of your hosts are really busy. They all have other jobs. But I think Pod Pod reported that you've got Alistair Campbell agreeing to work for Goalhanger during future general elections, or at least the next one, rather than Labour. Is that correct? Because <laughs> um, that's a coup, I mean, I, if so, right? I, I, I mean, I, unfortunately, I have I don't have too much insight into the to the <laughs> inner workings of Alistair's diary and exactly who what he's doing for who. I mean, we, we're so excited about all the stuff that we can do around the next election, whether it's you know daily shows, whether it's live events. Mm. Uh, we want as much of Alistair as possible. Whether that's going to be a hundred percent of Alistair or not um, <laughs> remain, <laughs> remains to be seen. I'm sure, Keir Starmer would love to have uh, would love to have as much of Alistair's expertise as. Uh, uh, as, as possible, so um, yeah, we'll be we'll we'll be we'll be scrapping with, uh, with, with Labour yeah. HQ. I expect. <laughs> yeah. What are your plans for the rest of politics around the election in terms of content? I know Tony, I believe, at the podcast show mentioned that you guys were going to be doing a lot of stuff, potentially even a sort of manifesto. Uh, around the general election. So can you talk us through some of the conversations that you've been having around that? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's something that we'd love to do. We'd love to, over the course of several weeks with our uh, with our audience, put together something that we think is a, you know, really good blueprint for the country. I mean, the, you know, we, we didn't set out for the podcast to be this way, but there are some elements to it that do feel like a, a movement when you see the, the passion that people have for the way that Alistair and Rory are having these conversations. So mm. yeah, that would be loads of fun. We would love to do a really ambitious live tour, you know, traveling the country, talking to people, doing stuff on location. That would be really exciting, especially if we could sort of nail the timing of it and, um, you know, do a couple of weeks building up to the actual election date. I mean, the issue with that is that there's no set date for the election. Rishi Sunak can call it when he wants and it has to be before a certain point, but there's no guarantee of exactly when it will fall. And then, you know, when we're looking at venues of things, we can, we can do stuff. You kind of have to have, you have to have it booked in advance. Mm. So it's something that we're just trying to work out the logistics of at the moment, but we would, you know, to do a, to do a national roadshow would be, would be fantastic. And then, and then in that election cycle, there'll be so much news. There'll be so many stories coming out of it. We just want to be talking about it as much as possible. We want to be reflecting the, the interest that, that there will be. And I think, I'm not sure how many people have, have uh, clocked onto this yet, but there is there's a possibility that the UK election and the US election are very close together, potentially the same week. Oof. Really? Yeah, in, late in November 2024. So it's it's going to be a very very busy period. I'm glad you brought up roadshows though, because this is something that Trip has already made quite a big splash in. Alistair and Rory have held a number of very popular live shows, sold out the Royal Festival Hall in seven minutes, I think it was. Yeah, Royal Albert Hall. Royal Albert Hall, sorry. Will this be a regular part of your revenue stream for the sort of wider goal hanger stable going forward? I think it's going to be a, a part of it. We've done a decent amount of it now. We've done. We've just just sold out the Albert Hall again for the rest is politics uh, in December. Oh wow! Uh, we've we've just done three dates in the UK, Dublin, and two dates in in the US for the rest is history, which all sold out. We've got six dates in Australia for the rest is history in in, in the autumn. Oh wow! So it's absolutely a part of, of of what we're looking to put together going forward. I don't think it will ever get to the stage where where we sort of constantly on tour if, if you say i mean i think we're i think we're going to look to pick our moments and pick 
you know, pick places that we know we can do really decent sized venues, decent uh, audiences and develop from there. But I think the passion that we saw for the rest is history over in America blew us away but on the sort of secondary market tickets for the rest is history in live in New York. We're going for more than, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was, you know, Bruce Springsteen or something like that. <laughs> wow. uh, so, so, uh, I yeah, that's, that was probably like night 10 for Bruce at the, uh, the Madison square garden or something. But, uh, <laughs> it was, it was lovely to see the interest and excitement and different crowds as well. Quite interesting. The difference in the way people react to certain things and the way they, the way they react to the humour, but we have a lot of fun doing them. Yeah, we'd love to do. We'd love to do more. Mm. I'd like to talk a little bit about the rest is football, which is fronted by Gary Lineker. How come it's taken so long to put Gary at really the the front and centre of one of your podcasts? Well, he's been obviously on the match of the day top ten, which you guys produce, but. He's not, if you like, headlined his own show for you up till now. Why is that? I mean, I will give the caveat that he did do the Lineker and Baker show in 2018, 2019, which did, which did do really well. Um, I think you, you've hit on a sort of key sort of contradiction of our business, which obviously Gary, myself, Gary and Tony, the co-owners, we're all, we all have sport backgrounds, you know. I, I flattered myself to put myself in the same category as, as, as Gary having just, you know, produced, produced sport radio. It's not quite the same as winning, you know, golden boots in the World Cup. But um, we have a sport background and we, we ended up doing history and politics basically because we were interested and saw a gap in the market. I think with football, you know, podcasting is seen by a lot of people as a new medium, but football is one of those things that is just incredibly well established. There are, there are, there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's a crowded marketplace. There are really successful big pods that have been doing very well for a long time. And we we were really conscious that we didn't want to be another, just another one, in, you know, just another football podcast, basically. We always knew we were going to do something with with Gary, obviously. We've been, we've been waiting for the right time, the right opportunity. And I think a massive competitive advantage that we have is that we can bring really big talent to it. And I think when we announce the talent who's going to be with Gary, you know, they are... A-list ex-footballer pundits, you know, they are they're, they're big names. And I think that hasn't been possible for very long in podcasting to kind of to, you know, to be to be really honest to afford those kind of people just for a pure like podcast context. Mm. Yeah, we're really excited what we can what we can bring to it. And we would love it to be a, a big success. We're gonna we're gonna give it, you know, we're gonna throw everything at it. And I think um, I think it's got a really good chance. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that you saw like this um, clip of, is it Gary Neville and Delhi talking yeah, amazing. incredible stuff? It's not a podcast, is it? It's not from a podcast. But I sort of think that sort of conversation wouldn't have been able to happen without podcast existing. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that's right. And I think what you know that that was from the overlap. Some people probably would call that a podcast. I guess it's like YouTube first, but it is longer form chat content. So yeah, absolutely. The fact that you're seeing people like Gary and Gary Neville, I mean, for putting as much focus on on that kind of content and getting such a hard hitting interview, like you, you, you don't, you know, we all know podcasting, we all know the beauty of the medium, but being able to go that that deep with such a a, a big name and such an interesting story, it's an opportunity that 
when you're hosting it on YouTube and you can you can go for as long as you want, that's that's very different to doing it as part of a segment in, on a traditional broadcaster. So, you know, talent of the of the likes of Gary Neville and and, and Gary Lineker have you know their their province in general in the past has been those those massive broadcasters because those are the people who can afford them. But I think if we're seeing now people of that level be able to uh, enter enter the digital content podcasting world, I think that's that's really exciting for us. So how does video sort of fit into your kind of future strategy, your kind of content strategy? And is it something that you're going to be introducing to other shows, not just the rest is politics? Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely is. I think we have to do it. I think we have to go to where audiences are. We don't, we, you know, we can't just assume that everyone's going to find our, you know, the, the audio podcast version of our show. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest challenge for us at the moment is working out how we integrate it into our production processes um, mm-hmm. and how we can capture something in high enough quality that we're putting out a product that we think, you know, act, you know, reflects what we want the brand to be um, for, you know, for, for the rest is politics, for example, uh, Rory is the CEO of a, you know, multinational charity. He lives in the Middle East. He works between generally North America and Africa. He's on a plane every week in a hotel room, you know, all over the place. How do you get that consistency of of look when you're recording in those kind of environments mm-hmm. week to week? Uh, we can get we can capture the high quality audio, um, but the video adds a significant complication. So that's kind of where we are in the process at the moment just working out how we can achieve that look and then when we've done that that's when we'll look to scale up and hopefully you'll be seeing a lot more envisioned stuff of, of all our shows on the rest is football then i would imagine that for that subject and that sort of talent who are you know used to doing in studio records on a regular basis does that make it easier and is kind of has video been built into the rest is football's kind of development from the beginning yes it has been no they won't be in a studio in you know together every, every week you know we, we we operate on on volume across all our shows we need to be able to do tons of them if we want to do multiple shows a week getting them all together in, you know, when they might live all different parts of the country several times a week is is not realistic. It is more straightforward when we know they're always going to be in the same room of their house every week and we can spend some time and, and, and money making sure that setup's right, but at least we don't have to transport it around the world every, every week. So, but yeah, it has been part of, of how we've looked to put the show together from the start. Mm. And just tell us a little bit about that concept of operating on volume, as you put it. Our business model is to be ad funded. So the more shows you put out, the more downloads. It's, it, you know, it is when you're operating at ad, ad funded, you need to be able to do a lot of volume. I think that's, that's true of basically any medium that relies on primarily on advertising to, to fund it. But is there um, an ethos that goes alongside that as well? Because when you started Goalhanger podcast or when you start a new podcast, do you have like an idea of what success might look like aside from the money? Well, we want as many people to listen to the to the podcast as possible. I think in terms of the ethos, our ethos is very much basing things around chat format, content and relationships. And it's that kind of podcast that goes really well hand in hand with with the ad funded format because that's what people are coming back for every week they're coming back for the relationship so it is easier to do volume than say if you're you know putting together a brilliant 
10-part documentary series or you're relying on having to book a brilliant guest every week. Our key principle is is to create those relationships and you know between the hosts and then between the audience and the kind of business model fits around that. I was saying to you that an old colleague of mine has just started working at Goldhanger fairly recently and in the last three months and seems to be absolutely loving his time there and always speaks so positively Good to hear it. about the company. <laughs> And because I saw him at the podcast show as well, and he was just like bouncing off the walls, really, because it was, you know, so new and it's so exciting. So how do you sort of nurture new talent coming in? Obviously, you've got a BBC background yourself and you have other people coming from the BBC. It feels like it's maybe quite a different ethos within your company, talent aside. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, we're still what I would consider really small. Mm -hmm. When we started, we took on one producer. This time last year, we were still one producer. At the start of the year, I think we were up to, to five staff total, and now we're looking to to sort of increase up to up to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're on the lookout for for new talent all the time. We've got a lot more pods we want to do. We've been working with a project called Mama Youth Foundation, based down at the the Sky Studios, who develop talent from underrepresented backgrounds into the to the media. Mm-hmm. Um, we've taken some of their people on on their uh, internships. To start looking into into doing more of that, especially over the summer when you know there are more opportunities for people to do work experience, that kind of thing. So yeah, we're looking to bring people in all the time. We're we're about to start looking for a quite senior producer role, which will be advertised soon. If you know if anyone's listening who would be interested in coming to work with us, I'm sure they um, would be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean. It's a lovely position to be in to have people wanting to work with you. It's it's a little bit overwhelming to be honest with you from my <laughs> perspective because we do get so many applications, which is mm. which is fantastic. We just we recently advertised for some positions on the rest is history specifically and sort of production support roles and some some sort of copywriting roles. And we actually our, our first port of call for that is that we messaged it out to the subscribers to, as into the the paying subscribers. Oh wow! Um, because we want you know we. One of the things that we love about, you know, the, what we do is that we all love everyone who works here, like loves the content, loves the yeah. pods. We all listen to them. I, you know, I, I listen to them when I'm on holiday. You know, <laughs> and I, so I think that's a really nice place to start. So, yeah, when we, we've, we've had, we, again, we had dozens of applications, uh, hundreds of applications for those roles. So uh, just, just working through them all is, uh, is, is a job in itself. <laughs> Podcasting never sleeps. <laughs> and also, because I, I worked at a City University doing some lecturing earlier this year, and they were very excited to show me their new podcasting suite because they're starting a podcasting MA, which I believe you're also involved with in terms of funding. Yeah, we're providing funding for a, for a bursary, for, again, for a, a students who are interested in getting to podcasting from underrepresented backgrounds in, in the media. And we're providing a bursary that will hopefully take the, the cost part out of their calculation about whether they can build a career in uh, in media. And we're definitely looking to build a close relationship with City and that course to provide, you know, in-industry work experience internship roles as well. We've taken on a few people from from City's MA course, the, the journalism MA a course, mm-hmm. both on work experience and uh, and full-time. And, you know, they're always really good. So they, they must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's their tutors, isn't it, Jack? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I just wanted to quickly touch on the hosting side of things because you earlier this year, moved from Acast to uh, Spotify's Megaphone platform. 
Uh, and I was talking to Tony at the podcast show, uh, and he said that part of the reason behind this move was to enable Goalhanger to have more sort of direct control over your kind of revenues and to be able to to monetize the shows that you know that were doing that were doing well and that were you know performing successfully. How have you found the response from advertisers since making that move? Well, yeah, I mean, we haven't actually made the move yet. So this is actually Monday, is this, uh, this coming Monday, the, the oh, 17th of July, is actually when, when we switch over. We've been serving out a notice period. So TBC, but you know, the, 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 the response so far has been, has been really good. Spotify are our exclusive, uh, you know, host red partner for uh, for our biggest shows, and we are really excited about that partnership. They've been incredibly proactive in in getting us out there, getting us in front of brands. There's some really exciting stuff already lined up for the start at the start of August. So, yeah, we we're we're really excited about that partnership, and I think we've got some some room to grow commercially. It seems that there are always these podcast trends, which means that podcasts of a similar nature kind of crop up around the same time. And I know that you and Persephonica have almost a kind of friendly rivalry. Um, at least Alistair Campbell <laughs> stokes it. When he's- <laughs> I think that's just Alistair. I, 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 I always, I, I, I try not to, to get involved in that. No, there's, there's plenty of room for everyone. <laughs> We were talking about, you know, economics podcasts are be kind of becoming like the new hot topic at the moment and why, you know, they've been around for a very long time. There are plenty out there, but there are new ones that has kind of been in like an upswing recently. Mm. Why do you think that is specifically now? And do you kind of, can you envision any future trends as well? Well, I mean, the fact that everyone's mortgage is shooting up and cost of their weekly shop is shooting up and the wages are staying the same or going down. I mean, that's, that's probably got to be a large part of it. That's definitely factored into our, uh, factored into our thinking with it. It's just, a, it's just right at the top of people's minds at the moment mm-hmm. because it's just such, I mean, I know it's at the top of mind thinking, you know, worrying about my, my mortgage rate. So in that sense, it's really timely in terms of, I probably need to put more thought into wider trends out, out outside that i think it's quite interesting what you're seeing from a uh, from independent production companies and how uh, how far people are leaning into branded content and that kind of the the, the blurring of those lines between mm-hmm. sponsorship branded content i think that's a really interesting sign that brands are getting more switched on to the power of you know audio first formats mm. i think that you will continue to see to see more and more of that kind of thing yeah, I'd agree with you there. Mm. And are there any other genres that Goalhanger has its eye on for potential future expansion? We will continue our one step to the side of what we're doing at the moment. Things that we think might appeal to to our existing audience. I don't, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> give too give much it away. away. Give it away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. I think there's a few. I, I think we'd love to do some politics, but maybe from a historical angle. I think mm. that, that would be really interesting. So sort of a combination of two of our favourites. I think there is there's some really cool stuff to be done in science, if that's not too broad a kind of category. <laughs> there's tons out there for, for, for the kind of stuff that we do. We're, you know, we're talking to some talent that we're really excited about. We're having these kind of meetings all the time. I'm sure we'll end up doing more sports uh, once we've kind of, you know, taken that initial plunge so 
yeah, loads to come, loads of exciting things happening, you know, across the industry. So uh, good time to be in podcasting, I think. The rest is AI, and that feels like the sort of topic that you would. We've had a we've had a fair few pitches for uh, for that one, yeah. <laughs> Jack Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, guys. So that was Jack Davenport from Goalhanger Podcasts talking about Goalhanger and so much more. And I feel like we did really cover a wide range. And I maybe I got a bit distracted at one point because I was thinking very much about um, Deli Ali and Gary Neville, uh, whose chat has kind of really blown up on social media and on the mm. news and everything. And I feel like their kind of conversation, which was incredibly intimate and revealing, wouldn't really have happened before the medium of podcasting was invented because I feel like podcasts are often referred to as a safe space. And I think about like the years that my brother used to spend reading sort of fan threads and that was kind of where he got his behind the scenes Mm. football news. And now we have like this real window into literally the minds of footballers and their mental health and we're hearing so much more. So yeah, I guess I just, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about that space and how sports seems to have found a real opportunity with podcasts. Do you agree? Mm, Absolutely. Because one of the things that we're seeing kind of quite a lot is companies like Goalhanger, who started as a film company, moving into the audio realm because they're seeing the opportunities of, of the format and the audience that it's got. And that sort of informal chat-based format that Goalhanger has, has really built a lot of its business around is becoming something that's more and more popular and more and more active in those sort of circles. Mm. I think with podcasting, like you're saying, it's one of those mediums that really allows you to go in depth about different topics. And it's in a way where you see people who you never get a chance to see go really in depth about a topic, really use that platform to like show their real personalities and, and show what they really care about. And I think that's what Goalhanger nailed with their podcast is that they've gotten these personality led podcasts, like the rest is politics and the rest is history. um, And now the rest is football and the rest is money Mm -hmm. and whatever the rest is that they're going to make next. And it's people that you don't really get to hear their perspective in depth on a normal basis. I think it's like the idea of their hosts being incredibly established and well-known in those particular fields. And so they build up not only a level of trust with their listeners, but also with their guests. And so everybody sort of feels like in quite safe hands and because it feels like there's a level of honesty, you know, whether or not you agree with Alistair Campbell or Rory Stewart, you sort of, there's an element, I think, of appreciating their honesty and being upfront about what they really think, which as we've seen both with ex-BBC presenters and also obviously ex-politicians there's always a level of diplomacy which has been sort of torn away a little bit in these podcasts yeah definitely and it, it comes back to the question of of time and depth that podcasting offers i mean i know we've spoken in the past about the junket circuit Mm -hmm. for films and it's it's the same in sports and the same in politics in most most other media formats you would get maybe you know five ten minutes with a big name whereas with a podcast 
the format means that you get half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, mm. hour and a half in some cases, and you get to really dig into a topic and and a guest in a way that you wouldn't in in a normal format. And it's, it's almost like a, a loophole in the sort yeah. of publicity circus that podcasts have stumbled into. And it means that, yeah, you quite often get these headline-making insights and nuggets of honesty that you don't really get in any other medium. Mm. Also, I don't know if this just applies to news podcasts or just in generally these type of podcasts, but I find sometimes with news consumption, it's hard to form your own opinion when so much news is coming in at once. Or even like, Mm -hmm. you know, watching a video, sometimes you'll go to the comment section and see what other people are saying before forming your own opinion. These podcasts kind of help you look at all the different opinions before getting your own. So it also provides support in that way. It's less overwhelming, isn't it? I suppose Mm. it provides a bit more clarity. But I guess you do end up often just sort of, I don't know if this is true, actually, aligning with your favourite presenter. (laughs) Maybe. so, yeah. Okay, I think we're going to have to leave it there because uh, we covered so many topics and I sort of feel like I could bounce off all of them with you guys. But we don't have all the time in the world, despite it being a podcast. So thank you very, very much to everybody who listened. Thank you so much to Adam and Reem for their insights. And of course, to Jack Davenport and Goalhanger for joining us. You can find out so much more on podpod.com. We have daily email bulletins, which gives you the latest in podcast news. And of course, follow us on social at podpodofficial. The podcast is produced by Emma Corsham for Haymarket Business Media. And I'm your host, Rihanna Dillon. And I'll see you next week. Bye. 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 B